subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ninja Selling Podcast. He's Garrett, I'm Matt, and we are so excited, as always, to have you guys here listening to this podcast that you have either been listening to for a long time, or maybe you just found it. If you did just find it, thank you and welcome. A couple of things you may want to check out. One is our podcast Facebook community, which is over on Facebook. And you just search The Ninja Selling Podcast. You'll find about 13,000 people in there who are looking to grow and follow the ninja path, which is a great place to knowledge share and even just sit and learn and watch and, and see all the great things that happen in there. If you're new to Ninja... Check out ninjaselling.com and you can learn more about trainings and coaching, which is where Garrett and I spend our time mostly, along with 30 other fantastic coaches who can help you on the path by your side. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. So welcome, everybody. We appreciate you so much. We've got a great topic. Gary, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Your energy sounds good this morning. I'm ready. Good day. I'm re- Dude, I'm uh, day 10 on 75 hard today. So... Back on the sauce, so to speak. Off the sauce. Or off the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) So feeling good. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. You've done this. How many times have you done 75 hard now? This is your third time or fourth? I've completed it three times. So this would be the... If I complete this one, it'll be when I complete this one. It'll be the fourth. And then you've told me that you're going to go on to the next stage of it, right? If you complete this. Yeah, that's the plan. Going to go after the next three stages as well, which makes it a year-long project with, I mean, they're different. If, if you guys want to learn about it, you can just Google 75 Hard or go to 75hard.com, I think is the website of it. And you can find all the information. It's totally free. Now, when you complete it, is it more like, is it just bragging rights? Do they give you a little pin or do you get a, like a trophy? Like, what do you get? No, you don't get anything. It's just It's just for you. That's the cool thing about a program like this. There's no... <laughs> The reward is in the fruits of your own labor of doing it, right? And oh, I then, think you and should those get a little are, I find pin. the best kind of things. Little pin, I little, you should I, get a little I, I pin. It, right? <laughs> Honor system. That's what it should be. It should just say, I did it. It's like people who put 26.2 on the back of their car, but they stopped at the half marathon. My favorite is the 0.0. That's the sticker <laughs> that I'm going to get. <laughs> All right. So Matt, by the way, I didn't mean to make fun of you. I sort of did, but I didn't mean to uh, rag you too much because I'm actually super impressed with the 75 hard. I've seen a lot of people do it. And I I know this is not the podcast topic today, but I think what a lot of people don't realize with the 75 hard is at first they think that it's accomplishing these things. It's not drinking for this amount of time. It's reading this much. It's, you know, doing these workouts and Really, what I have watched, everybody who's done it, and I've seen you go through this, that it is a total internal mental game with yourself. Yeah, that's what it is. And when you come out the other side of it, you've had lots of interesting conversations about, am I going to do my workout today? Am I going to start back over from zero? Am I going to wake up early? It's pouring rain out. It's snowing out. And I got to go outside and do my workout. Like Those like internal dialogue conversations that you'll have with yourself that really will test you and your relationship with your subconscious brain is probably one of the best growth patterns you can go through as a human being is learning how to communicate with your subconscious. So just say it that way. Yeah. I think 75 hard makes you have to, forces you to have those conversations instead of just take the easy route with whatever your subconscious decides you're going to be doing. 
It really does. And and I think the reason why I want to do the next three phases is because it, I think the biggest challenge of it is what do you do after? And a couple of times I've stuck through and kept doing a lot of the things. And, you know, one time is I like, yeah, all right, it's done. Let's party. Right. And do the 75 <laughs> slide, <laughs> you know, that happens too. And I think that's the, when you say communicate with your, your subconscious mind, I mean, that is a relationship we all need to lean into, whether it's through a program like that or through something else, or even related to the topic that we're going to talk about today as well is we have this voice in the back of our head. Well, there's kind of two voices if you think about it. There's the voice that's like, it's like the angels on the shoulder, right? You got the angel and the devil. <laughs> that's what's in your head. And you know which way we should go. But a lot of times we submit to the other side and we lean into fear. We lean into scarcity and we lean into the can't and the 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 shoulds and all these things versus just leaning into abundance and ability and I can and I will. Because that's the fascinating thing with hopping back on this is a lot of it has been, well, when am I going to do that? Oh, do I really have the time to do it? And like now 10 days, I'm like, yeah, I have the time. <laughs> really? Well, and a lot of times that little, that little voice comes up and we think we're just tired. Like we think at the end of the day, we're just tired. And that's why we're coming up with excuses why we don't want to do the workout. And what a lot of people don't realize is a lot bigger picture that's happening there of your body saying, your mind saying, I've not fully committed to this as the person that you are. You are doing this thing right now. And I really kind of want to go back to what I find as normal and what I feel is normal. So if I can talk you into how exhausted you are right now and why it's such a great idea why you're going to sit on the couch and not do that second workout, I'm going to do everything I can to find those reasons. And that's where that internal battle comes in for you to go, no. There's my running shoes. There's my stuff. I'm picking up my stuff and I'm heading out the door right now and have that personal win. And it's a personal win. It's a victory internally that nobody else knows about when you accomplish those. Which are the best kind, too. Like when you think about what gives you the best dopamine releases, the things that make you feel the best are the things that there's no one else who can give you. Not for anybody else. These things. Maybe outside of like your kids telling you you're amazing. That's probably the best thing. But when you go do something hard for yourself or you just go in, and I don't mean hard as in it has to be physically challenged, but you make a decision to go do something, you're going to feel good. It's like when you go mow the lawn, right? Like after you mow the lawn, you look back and you're like, man, I really didn't want to mow the lawn, but damn, I'm proud of that. Like that looks, I'm, I did that and no one else can take that away from me. And even if it doesn't look as good as the neighbors, which does happen. <laughs> well, so Matt, it's an interesting thing. And I know again, we're way off so far what we wanted to talk about on this podcast, but those internal goals you set for yourself, like right now I'm on a journey that I'm not going to share with everybody at the current moment right now, but I think I've shared it with maybe three or four very close people in my world. And other than that, I'm I'm just kind of doing my doing my thing. And it's and it's all an internal thing. It's all something that I did for myself. I'm continuing to push forward with it. Been lots of internal battle struggles, conversations that are going on. Very comparable. I would say like and this is the thing. It doesn't necessarily matter the program or the journey or whatever it is if you find that thing, right? Yeah. And I, I would just encourage everybody, find something that you want to do, something that, that is something that you know is going to push you. It's going to make you a better person. It's going to uh, allow you to be the person that you want to be. And don't tell anybody. And I know there's lots of books out there that say, if you want to accomplish goals, share your goals with everybody around you, put them on the table, tell everybody what you're doing. 
And personally, for me, I have found some of my most powerful things I've done in my life, nobody's known about. Yep. It's not been something I've shared. And I've actually found for myself personally, when I put it on the table and sometimes share it with somebody, it turns it into something that it's not. Or somebody else that's that wants to like discuss it with me will turn it into something that it's not, which then kind of contaminates what I'm trying to do. It's like all of a sudden I have a different perspective on it. I'm like, no, nah, that's not really what it was. And it takes the energy out of it for me. So as pure as I can keep it to where I started it and as focused as I want to be with it, I find those the best ones. Just keep it to yourself. Just continue to kind of have that internal battle. And then it's, it's man, it is so cool. And all of a sudden you're like, look what I did. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Particularly with like a personal development type thing, because you're doing it for you. Right. And you want to keep that going. If all of a sudden that motivation changes throughout that journey and becomes for someone else, then when it's done, like there's no reason to keep it for yourself. And I look at this, everything here, and we are an instrument, right? Particularly as a solopreneur, as a realtor, as someone who, you know, what happens in your business determines on what you do, right? Like it's, it's not like you can sleep in and miss an appointment and it's going to get taken care of. Yep. Like that's not happening. And so tune your instrument, tune yourself to be the best that you possibly can be. And it's going to provide a lot of great benefit in your business and also your personal life too. Like it's going to come through in so many ways if you tune your instrument and keep it tuned. Uh, so what kind of instrument are you, Matt? Uh, we may have to circle back around to this. You just think about that. Yeah. Don't do, don't, don't just jump to an instrument. You, this is one of this like, yeah, this is important. There's a lot of instruments out there. They're all different. They all say something different about who you are. <laughs> I don't want you to just make a rash decision on this one. Cause I, I started to think about it and then I, I came up with an instrument. I'm like, no, that's not really me. And I don't want to put that out there to everybody. So like, I'm going to think about it too. Well, yeah. Like the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, nah, no, it just sounds like this is like a funny sounding instrument. It's an oboe. Well, isn't should it? we talk about price? You're an oboe. It wasn't an oboe. Oh, Where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mind reader. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't come up to me for my instrument, but man, the minute you said I'm like Matt's an oboe. <laughs> All right, moving along. We do have a topic for today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh wow. <laughs> we do have a topic. That and, and that was a great topic too, by the way. That was awesome. <laughs> I can't believe you called my instrument. That was fantastic. So let's talk about pricing. Pricing differently than maybe the way we've talked about it before, because this is this is something. That we're seeing out there, maybe some instruments that are tuned a little flat. A flat oboe does probably just sounds <laughs> blah. <laughs> we're not going to be able to get past this. Like, <laughs> no. All right. No, I'm going to take a drink of water. Pull it together, Matt. We got stuff we got to do, man. Uh, okay, let's go. All right, let's talk about this. So, what what we're seeing out here is a lot of people may, and it it could be you listening right now. It's a lot of the people that Garrett and I have talked to said. We're just having a problem where there's not enough buyers in the marketplace. Or, And I'm also hearing the opposite. There's not enough inventory. That's a different discussion. But we're talking about those listings that I could reduce the price, but it's not going to make a difference. There's just no one here to buy. It's just taking longer to sell property right now. That's what I'm hearing. It's just taking longer to sell property right now. It's just taking longer. Um, you know, We're getting comfortable that it's you, know, you just got to wait this one out. It's creating an interesting situation where I'm... I told somebody the other day, I said, I just think realtors aren't wanting to have to figure this out. So it's just an easy way to say, 
hey, this is just taking a little bit longer right now. Where the reality is, is I hate to say it, if you got somebody that wants to sell or needs to sell, we got to figure something out. Like, yeah, it's not a let's just we just got to wait it out, guys. Like, no, like that's not the plan. So it's not. And, and I'll say this, like there are periods of patience if you're looking at the market and you can say it's something that we did with our house, but it wasn't like patience for like a year. <laughs> It wasn't like we were waiting. I mean, okay, so things take a week or two weeks, a little bit longer to get people through, depending on seasonality and things like that is great. But if you have a property that's no showings, no nothing, we have a price problem. And we we can pull all the things you want to say it's not a price problem, but the, the data will most likely prove you wrong. And as you said, Garrett, before we started recording, it's like, if you give me that property, I can have it under contract by the end of the day, just adjusting price. I would make that bet with any single person out there that wanted to go toe-to-toe with me on that one. You could give me any property and I will have a buyer for it by the end of the day. It may not be the buyer you want. <laughs> it may not be the price that you want. Oh, no. I'm, we're, not, we're not talking about like market value, top of the market, whatever. We're not setting records here. <laughs> no, we're not setting records. But I can tell you right now, by the end of the day, I will find a buyer for any property out there if you just give me price to work with. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like I'll buy it. But I would say, I hate to say it, if we lower the price enough, you as the realtor will buy it. You'll be like, I'm not letting that thing get away from me. Or should really consider buying it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or you will find a family member to be like, I, you should buy this thing. These people need to get out of this property. Here's this pro- you know, price that we just, they're willing to put on it. So by the way, I am not saying that in this marketplace, we just need to cut the price out of everything and drop no, no, it. No. What I am saying though, is we need to not just succumb to, it's going to take forever and we just need to wait it out and the right price. And I, I'm fascinated also by when a realtor says to me, I've done the research, the price is dead on, but it's not, we're not getting offers on it right now and we're not getting showings. And I'm like, you might think you're dead on, but I'll tell you right now, if there's buyers in the marketplace that are buying other properties at that same price or buying those same types of properties that you think you have yours priced right at, like you're missing something. The buyers will tell you everything you need to know. And they're the ones that set market value. They're the ones that have done way more research on that price range than you have for getting that one listing on. They have had their hands on fixtures. They have had their feet touching the carpet. They felt how squishy the padding is. They have gone and smelled what some of those places smell like. They have gone and lived in some of these homes for about five minutes, way longer than you have. And now they've shown up in yours and they're like, meh. And you're like, well, I don't understand. We are right on market value. I hate to say it. That buyer says otherwise. Well, what I'm finding, Garrett, is we're comping the wrong things, mm. right? We're, we're doing the wrong pricing analysis. We're looking at it as if we were an appraiser. And since inventory has become tighter and transactions have gone down across the board, Buyers are also expanding out how they're searching, right? Particularly if you have inventory down and you have interest rates up, there's price pressure all across the board for for buyers. And you might even see the median prices in your area going up still. And you're like, why is this thing still not selling? And what I'm finding is, is people are not positioning the property against all the properties that the buyers are looking for. I had this conversation with an agent and he said, like, well, the homes in this neighborhood aren't selling. And I said, are the homes in other neighborhoods selling? I said, well, yeah, absolutely. I said, 
then you need to position your property against those because the buyers are going there. And they're going there because they're seeing a different value proposition right now. And we need to figure out what that is, which it could be price. It could be the value of a location has changed. Or maybe there's newer homes over here. The condition is better. Or maybe buyers aren't valuing the size of a home as much. Like you have all these factors that feed in. And if you're just focused on, well, this is my my data set. This is the neighborhood. This is the area. So I'm just going to comp it to this and price it to this. And look, all the homes in this area aren't selling either. So it's not just me. But if the if the town next door, even if it's the county next door, or it's just the neighborhood across the street, if they're selling, well, then we're just positioned improperly. Yep. What you're talking about, we we discussed that through ninja selling, which is through the buyer's eyes. And what you need to look at is if you have, and we there's a big process behind this. I'm not going to get into the details of the process, but the starting point of it is is that you sit down with your client who's selling the property, and you need to determine who the profile buyer is for that property. And then we look at it, well, if we're looking at through buyer's eyes, through that person, what other properties would we take them out and show them right now? Now we're, we're focusing on this made up fictitious buyer that we have that would buy the property that we have on hand. From there, those are your comps. And it may not be bedroom for bedroom. We not, may not be looking four bedroom, three bath. We got to look at all four bedroom, three baths out there. There might be something that is different about this. That's like, no, the profile buyer, they might be worried about the bedrooms, but the profile buyer is actually way more concerned about something else this property has to offer. We need to compare it to these other factors that are out there. And when you can pull together that, that's where you want to do your search on. And I find this is where a lot of people miss the pricing on the property because they're just looking like for like rather than what the who the profile buyer is on this thing. And then they just lock it in and go like, it's almost be, it's like they've written it down. They've said to their clients, so they got to stand by it now. They can't falter from it because that would look like they maybe made, made a mistake or didn't know what they were doing. Like if we had to reduce the price, I think it's actually good to go into it with your client saying, hey, we're going to do our best to interpret the marketplace. But the most critical thing we're going to have happen is we're going to put your home on the market and we need to listen to the market because the market's going to tell us if we missed it. It's going to tell us if we're dead on. It's going to tell us maybe if we maybe came in a little bit low and it's going to tell us that by a huge feeding frenzy that might come in. Right. Like we're going to do our best, but that market's going to tell us everything and we've got to listen. And I think some people are afraid to admit to their client, like we don't have all the perfect answers all the time. And sometimes we need to we need to listen to the experts around us. And it's okay. It is. Part of how we do our business, part of how we do our job. It is okay. And I think that's a big part of this is the conversation with the seller too, right? Because if you have a property that's sitting and the seller has a timeline here, then we're doing them a disservice by not having this conversation. Now, maybe you have a seller who doesn't want to adjust the price well, that's okay. It's their decision, right? But it's your responsibility to bring all of the information. And so if we're not bringing all of the information because we're sitting there saying, well, the seller doesn't want to reduce anyway, I don't care. Bring them the information. And if they decide, Garrett, thank you for showing me this. I understand what you're saying. I want to keep the price where it is. That's their call. And with them having the information, Matt, as their position changes, like they may be saying that in the first week, and kind of go on like, right. but then a week later, <laughs> a week later, they're like, what the hell's going on? Like, what, like, what, like, what, what, what's happening here? If you haven't explained all of this, now you're coming in and going, well, 
you know, I, I had a feeling maybe this was price was a little bit high and this is the feedback we're getting, but you guys said you were not going to reduce and you wanted to stay here. Now we're having the conversation after the fact and we're trying to defend what we did. We're put it all on the table up front. Let them know what their options are. We control the process. They control the decisions. Let them know. And then, uh, hey, you know what? Now we circle back around. They're having a little panic mode because it's been here for a week. We're sitting back and saying, hey, look, let's go back to all the information we talked about. And here's where we're at. Here's where we need to go. But this always takes me back to, and I'm going to, Joanne DeLeon doesn't know I'm going to talk about her, but Joanne, if you're listening, thank you so much for giving me this because she's amazing, by the way. She is responsible, her and her husband, for creating Focus First. If any of you know what Focus First is out there, Joanne DeLeon was the one in need of it. And her husband created Focus First to help her because she, like me, when I was selling real estate, we were chronic overpricers. <laughs> we would fall in love with our client. We would love their story and where they wanted to go and the life they wanted to have. And we'd be like, sure, I can get you that price. No, we couldn't. <laughs> and so Tim, her husband, got involved and created Focus First. And what it allowed her to do was to have the information so she could communicate to the clients what they needed to know. And there was two factors that got her the results that she wanted. And by the way, these results I'm going to share with you were back in 2009, 2010. This was not a marketplace where things were flying off the shelf. I think the average days on market in Fort Collins was well, well, well over 60 days, 90 days on the market is kind of where things were sitting. She had a track record in that market where she could walk in and say, here's a list of all the people I've done business with in the last, I think it was like 24 months. Or Yeah, it was like two years worth of data, or maybe it's just a year. There was only one that went over 30 days on the market. Incredible. They were all raving fans. Her business is primarily referral, all relationship business. It wasn't like she was underselling people's homes and people were walking away going, oh, man, she really left a lot of money on the table for us. No, she was getting them where they needed to go. She was educating them, helping them see what they needed to do and getting them to where they needed to go. And she's a prime example of don't sit and look at the market and be like, well, it's taken 120 days for everybody's property to sell. So I guess this is just what it takes nowadays and we just need to be okay with it. She was like, no, <laughs> it's not how long it takes. And I'm going to do what it takes to get my clients results. And she crushed it. I'll never forget that sheet. I remember there was one on there at like 120 days. And I remember going like, Joanne, what's that property? She goes, oh, she goes, I decided to deviate from my systems. It was a friend and I let them do what they wanted to do. And we, yeah, I messed my numbers up. <laughs> she goes, never mess your numbers up. So, well, Focus First is an incredible tool. If, you, if you're interested in that, Focus first.com and that's focus the number one st.com and um, it's an excel-based program you export from your mls drop the data in and what's cool about this too because when we think about price versus days on market there is a, a relationship there and, and when people are like well we're you know once we get to average days on market it's not that bad no that means you're average right and actually if you hit average days on market that means you're probably then you're worse than the median because there's probably a handful of outliers out there that are really pulling that average longer than where the majority of homes are selling. If you hit average, remember this, the majority of homes have sold before that home has now sold. So when you look at this strategy, you want to say, okay, well, 
there could be a pace to the market. We're not saying, yes, there's a price that could probably sell it today, as we talked about. But there's also a price that would sell it in a reasonable amount of time that's in line with the seller's goals in terms of where they want to be. May not be where they thought they'd be financially because the marketplace will determine that. But if you look at all of the information, you do this, Tim calls it the MRI, which we have a great episode, by the way, with Focus First. We had Tim and we had his son on. We did a whole episode, so you can search for that. We also have a video of them walking through the whole thing in our podcast group. So another plug for the podcast group there where you can go check all that stuff out. But I love you sharing her story because it highlights the fact that, yes, you can sell in any market if you position appropriately. You have to do all the other things too. But if we're not doing the price thing, if we're not positioning the right place that we should, it doesn't matter. You can do all the other things and it's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. And Matt, so uh, while Matt was sitting here chatting away, I, I was like, I think Tim gave me a code if people want to use it. If you, if you do, if you are listening to this, basically, uh, we'd love to know if any of you leave this and want to go sign up for Focus First. If you go in there, you can put in the code Ninja Podcast 5, like the number five, not F-I-V-E, the number five, Ninja Podcast 5. That will uh, uh, let us know that you heard it here on the podcast, and we'd love to know that what that's going on there with that. But um, Matt, I think with all this, I think that there's it's interesting in this marketplace right now because it's very easy with a changing market, especially of where we've been and how fast things have been selling. We've let some of our skills down of explaining to the client what's going to happen. We've never a lot of agents have never had to explain what does it mean to have days on market and and how do we handle a property that's accumulating days on market. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of agents out here who've never had to do a price reduction. And here we are trying to figure out like, well, how much do you reduce? When do you reduce? How often do you reduce? Um, is it a bad thing to reduce a property? Again, does it mean you're failing or is it just us meaning that we're trying to interpret what the marketplace is in front of us right now? There's so much stuff in this changing and evolving marketplace right now, but one of them, you, all of you need to get really good at because I'm looking at this market and kind of seeing where it's going. Is there a chance that it's going to take a little bit longer maybe to sell some homes? Yes. Are we going to have to have some different discussions with our people to help them be successful? 100%. Mm-hmm. And you need to get really good at pricing and communicating with your sellers because at the end of the day, with what I'm watching in the marketplace, your results are going to mean the world. If you are a listing agent that can list a property and produce results for somebody, that's what you want to be. The marketplace that we're going into right now that I'm kind of seeing, I remember an agent years ago, and he said, uh, if I'm at a listing presentation and the person that's across the table says, I don't really need to sell. He said, that was my cue to pack up all my stuff and leave. He says, I would just lean across the table and say, I you know, really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me come in today. Um, I'm not your agent. And I really wish you guys the best. And one, it would freak the client out. They're like, what do you mean? Like, Where are you going? And he's like, I, I work with people that need to sell and they have a place they have to go to. We've been able to be very lax on that for many years right now. That is something that you could get away with not having a strict protocol around the marketplace. And I don't know what it's going to look like where we're going to, but I've been doing this for 20 years. So just I have a little bit of understanding of it. 
you're going to need to get better and better of realizing that not every listing is your listing and not every seller you want to work with. And your best thing is you can to do is first off, determine if you have a seller in hand, somebody that needs to sell a place they got to go to, and then help them understand and decipher the market so they can get the results that it's going to back up what they're trying to accomplish. This is a skill all of you need to hone in right now. And uh, the reason we're doing this podcast today is because Matt and I are both hearing too many people that are just like going, just taking longer. And it is going to take a little bit longer, but don't just be okay with it. Well, it's interesting. I think about the complaint about inventory levels, right? Being so low. It's like, well, then if you want to, you know how inventory levels go up, right? I mean, yes, more listings come on the market and more stay on the market, which is inventory that nobody wants to touch, right? And so there could be other results out of these conversations. I had an agent, we had a call. She said, man, I lost $50,000 in listing commissions. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a lot of money. What do you mean you lost it? Like, did you forget where you put it? <laughs> said, no, I, I had a, you know, a couple that decided not to sell and many that turned into leases. And I said, that's fantastic. That money was never there for you anyway, right? You actually just cleared out the slate so that you can get busy on the things that actually are going to be properties that sell, working with sellers who are true sellers. And hey, look at this great thing that you did. You helped property owners accomplish a goal that what they really actually wanted to do, which was put a tenant in the property because they didn't want to sell for a lower price. They want to hang on and keep that property for a little bit longer. So look at this as a win. And then our next call, she's like, oh yeah, I got a lot of stuff under contract now. All the other listings got the attention, had the conversations, price adjustments. And well, many of the sellers decided, some didn't. So she still has some that's in there, but all of a sudden those go under contract, right? And so understand that the these conversations that you have with sellers may not result in a price adjustment and a sale. It could result in something else, which still is a win because now you've either freed up your time or you've helped the seller accomplish the true goal that they would be able to accomplish in this marketplace. If you hear yourself saying, I lost I lost something because somebody decided not to sell. They decided to rent instead. They decided to do all these things. I'm just going to point out you're playing a short-term game is what you're playing. It's a game of transactions and it's a game of win or loses. I, I, won, I won one, I lost one. I won one, I lost one. If you are playing the relationship game, if you are... A lot of you are true ninjas that are listening to us. I know we have a lot of people that are learning about ninja that are listening to us or trying to figure out how they could become a ninja or build a relationship-style business. Relationship-style businesses are long-term games. And they get better and better and better every year the more that you understand that. That lease that the buyer that turned into a, a renter or a lease of a property, that's a long-term relationship if you decide to understand that. That one person, if you take care of them and celebrate with them where they're at right now, what they're accomplishing, they turn into referrals long-term. Right this year, next year, the year after that, they actually get better and better and better every year that you build a stronger relationship with them. So it's no loss. You haven't lost anything at all. As Matt said, and I think it's a great way you said it, it was never yours to begin with. Like you didn't have it. So all in all, like play the long-term game, everybody. And uh, you know, look at these relationships for what they are and they're going to grow and they're going to be amazing. And uh, they're going to tell you their friends. The better you take care of them, they're going to tell you their friends. You got to go check out Matt Benelli. He's absolutely amazing. He'll take great care of you. Hands down. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And, but 
all of this stuff comes back to what we're talking about, Matt, is like pricing properties right now, getting results for people. This all piggybacks together. They're all pieces of the puzzle. Because if you can't produce the results, Matt, I can't refer you. 100%. I mean, that's like baseline. You have to be able to produce the results if you want the referral. And just start with, you probably have a pricing issue. <laughs> Can you imagine? Matt's a really nice guy. You might get your property sold. You might not. I mean, last time I referred, they were on the market for like a year. They ended up having to pull it off. But you know, Matt has such amazing personality. <laughs> you should totally work with him. You're going to love him. Yeah, it's going to be great. You know, he's going to shoot you straight, kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to end up with a really good friend no matter what. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, you may not accomplish what you want, but if your goal is fun, that's your guy. <laughs> you know, I just see a business card that just says F-U-N across the front of it. What is that? Well, it's not results. We're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Well, so there it is, guys. You might have a pricing issue. Yep. So, Matt, I think this was a mutual topic that we kind of came up with just kind of in what we're seeing out here right now. So we'll give credit to both of us. Yeah, I'll take it. Thank you so much. Uh, everybody who's listening out there right now, if you want to learn more about uh, what this all means and where this all comes from, go to ninjaselling.com. You can learn about upcoming courses, installations. We've got some one-day courses that are starting to be offered if you're a graduate of the installation. I think there's some other ones that they're being put together right now. So keep your eyes out for those. We have mastery also for graduated installees, installation. Installation graduates, maybe. I mean, I... Oh, no. Oh, we'll go that way. Yeah. We'll, we'll reverse it. Installation graduates. If you are an installation graduate, there's a graduate, there is mastery that is available to you. Highly recommend that you check that out. I think it's an incredible program to help you take all of your ninja systems to a higher level. And if you want personalized one-on-one -on -one help with your business, your goals, we do a little bit of life coaching in that also. We kind of cover it all in coaching. Jump on over, check us out at ninjacoaching.com. You can also click on Ninja Coaching under the Ninja Selling website. Uh, with that being said, if you want to join also the podcast group in the Facebook community, please go check that out. We have a lot of people in there, like-minded people. You will enjoy all of them, mostly all of them. I know they're all, you'll enjoy all of them. All of them, everybody. I appreciate everybody's listening. Thanks so much for joining us again. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Hope that you have an awesome day. We'll see you on the next one. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.